Public speaking is really how well can you express yourself, how well can you solve a uh, problem solve, and also how can you tell a story to the point where it'll get people to relate. Because with a better story and also with better questions, you have better results. The better the question you can ask, the better results you'll get. That's a fact. So you develop the questions by being able to really listen, give feedback, and that all goes into the public speaking side of things. So, Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, I got Andres Bustamante on our show, and this is a dude that's a part of a $98 million a year production team. They help 270 families with only, get this, 10 agents. I mean, this is a team that is kicking butt and taking names. And there are some partners that this guy has that all are worth mentioning. They're all just great dudes. And so like, I am crazy excited to talk to you today, but I want to talk to you. First of all, how did you build this team to $98 million a year in production? Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. And the, the team really was built through trial of process and error. Honestly, when we first started, I joined the team three years ago with Victor Nino and Diego Corzo, and it was only the three of us. And I mean, we didn't really think of expanding, but then we knew that we needed to build processes to where if we wanted to help people sell homes and buy at a better rate, we needed to have agents that were, were able to help us. And there were some agents that we hired and we made mistakes, but we learned through that. And through ironing that process, we built a team to where now it's, I mean, it's full flow and the agents are doing incredibly well. Social media presence is great. And everyone kind of has their niche that they target and has been excel excelling at completely. When we say everybody, you mean like each of the agents that are on the team each have their own niche. Correct. So Correct. let's yes. talk about the leadership element of that. So like one of the benefits of that is obviously everybody has a lane, but given that everybody has their own niche, how how is the leadership able to guide those agents in that niche if everybody's doing something different? Well, with that, it's really kind of we we ask deep questions to delve deep really into the why. And then from there, we really get to the, okay, well, maybe if this is your why, then you should be getting into maybe either you cold call, maybe you just do open houses, maybe you look at social media. There's so many techniques to get into it. Some One of our agents on our team, he has like 27 under contract and he is crushing it by doing Facebook posts only. Like he's the guy that's known as, I forgot what they call him, but he posts on, fa on a Facebook page every day. And at first it wasn't working and now he's like getting leads calling him all the time. That's so crazy. And I had interviewed a guy a few months ago. It's going to do 200 deals this year. Same thing, right? Business page, Facebook, which people say wow. is dead. And I mean, he treats that like a CRM. He goes crazy on it. And so what I'm hearing from you, like, because they all have their own niche, they're all like locked down. Like, do these people do one lead source? Do they do two? How much variety do they typically have? We typically recommend doing two to three. And for okay. me, it really is social media and sphere of influence. So with my clients that I've had, I get something known as client giant that sends them gifts every quarter. And that's just touching every, every quarter. It's like reminding them that I'm there. And then also just care calls as well. But with social media, I mean, it's been massive with TikTok, with Instagram, putting stories every day, reminding people what you do. And just telling a story because everyone has a story. When I bought my first house at 23, 
a lot of people did not think that that was possible. And a lot of people have a misconception of, oh, you have to put 20% down. But when you really tell a story as opposed to, oh, I just bought a house. Okay, what about that? No, when you tell a story to where it's like, I was 23 and I didn't think I could buy a house, but then I delved deeper and I figured out that with 5% down, I could. And guess what? I used to pay 1500 in rent, but I was able to cover all of that through house hacking. And this is what I did. And you can do the same. So when you get deep into your story, a lot of people will be able to relate because there's a lot of people in their 20s or 30s that don't think they can buy a house. It's just about being educated. This is a really interesting point. I mean, it's really the details that matter, right? I mean, I had interviewed a guy that did some social media for like Grant Cardone. And what he was telling me is oh, like wow. when when they would help do the social media videos, one of the, the biggest challenges they had to get the story out was getting enough details. Like they would just ask question after question, like, well, how did you do that? How much did that cost? Where did this go? And he's like, literally, if you don't get that granular, people, like he said, they can't connect it in their mind that like, oh, I can do this. Like, um, so give us, give us an example. Like what's, what do you have like a framework for each video or is it just kind of on the fly? Well, I want, I like to do Sundays for video creating. I set two hours for that. And then on Mondays I create all my videos in a batch with this. So there's a lot of videos that just come to mind while I'm just doing showings or just randomly. Something's like, Oh my gosh, I could do that. So I get my phone, put my notes down, put the title of the video and then the description. And I try to make it as relatable as possible asking if you're looking at doing this, then this is what you can do. Or have you ever been in a situation where, because that gets people to be able to relate right away. Yeah. So you've gone super deep. So you got two hours of prep time on a Sunday. How much shooting time on a Monday? It's typically like four hours. That's when I, I don't really cold call on Mondays. And that's more so for my team meetings, maybe lunch, lunch with clients, and then the video creation. Awesome. So you got six hours a week loaded into social media. What sort of results has that brought for you? It's, I, well, it's been incredible. With Instagram, I get referrals maybe weekly. With TikTok, Jeez. I get, I mean, a lot of attention. It's not only that through referral. Like this week, I got five referrals. I think it was from social media and from agents. And the thing is, a lot of people think that Instagram and TikTok, it's only, you'll only get clients, but no, you get agents that see you. And once they know that you're in the city, they'll be sending you clients as well. So, I mean, you're talking, I mean, if you're talking about a deal a week, I mean, your price point, you're probably doing 10, 15 K a commission, right? I mean, if you talk about 50 deals, you're talking That's about 500,000, yeah. maybe a million dollars of GCI a year off of six hours a week of shooting some videos. That, I mean, that's very accurate. There's definitely more things that I do, but social media has been a big factor. I believe like 30 to 35% of my business is social media. The rest is referral sphere of influence. That's crazy. Tell me about what you do for your sphere. Well, for, for my sphere, the, what I really do is, I mean, I'm present with them. I, uh, like I said, client giant for their birthdays, I send them messages and also send them gifts. And then also just like I said, top of mind, we have events. We're planning on doing a boat party for all our clients. And then every December, we also have a like pictures with Santa and gift giveaways and whatnot. So it's always whoever's top of mind and also just how much you truly care. I mean, I, I invite clients to dinner all the time. Yesterday, I went to dinner with some clients, really good friends of mine now.
So it's great because you can actually build relationship with, relationships with these people. Incredible. So a third of your business is video. Is, is two-thirds sphere or is there another component? Sphere referrals. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, referrals is actually insane. And then also groups I'm a part of. I'm part of Keller Williams Sports and Entertainment. And through that group, I've gotten plenty of people. Well, not not a crazy amount, but the people I've met, I know that'll lead to referral opportunities, but also friendship, you know? So you guys have built this incredible business and you have two partners. Walk me through what it was like to form that partnership. How did you know, hey, we're better together than than on our own? Well, when I started, I was 19 and I started as a college student because I didn't, I did not know how I was going to pay for college and I need to figure out a way. And it's like those moments when you're just like, you need to find a way. If not, you're, you're not going to go to school. So I found, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a leasing and I'm going to be a real estate agent. And the first time that I ever did a lease, I was super nervous. I took him to the Ron apartment complex and it was insane but I didn't give up and I kept going and I was able to sell a $1.1 million condo at 21. That made me like 30 K on in one deal. And I said, I'm never going to work for anyone ever again. I'm going to stick to real estate. So I graduated from college. Didn't know what I was going to do because I was between an eight to five or being a real estate agent. But I said, I'm going to stick to real estate. I knew I needed to find a mentor. And in September, I believe of 2019 or 2020, I heard Diego Corzo's podcast on Bigger Pockets. I was at the gym. It's crazy. I heard his podcast and I was like, this is a guy that I need to meet. Hmm. And I made it my mission to meet the guy. I called him. He said he was busy. I called him like the next week and we got lunch. I was about to sign with another team. And I told Diego, like, what would you do in my situation? He was like, wait, I want you to join my team. And this was like February, 2020. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. February 2020. And I talked to Victor, I talked to Diego, they're like, right away, we want you on our team. And then from there, I mean, they've provided so much value. And mm -hmm. I provided value to them as well. And then from there, we decided to just become business partners. So they had a, an established partnership, you came in, it was only them too. You must have killed yes, it, it was only right? Because they got established partnership, you're killing it. Like, what do you think it was that led them to be like, all right, we got to cut this guy in on it. They weren't really looking for people and they didn't really know what the plan was in the long term. I remember they were telling me like, oh, we didn't want to expand. But then the, peop the people that show up are people that are like determined and persistent. And I was determined to join their team. So with that, they're like, okay, great. Andres joined. He's doing very well. Let's add more people. And that's how it started. But I mean, yeah, Diego had been with Victor for like four years prior and it was Victor, Diego and Elsie, his brother. He still does real estate, but more on the passive side. Yeah. So what did it mean to you to get partnership? I mean, was it one of those moments where you're like breaking down, you're having tears in your eyes, reflecting on your 19 year old college days or what was it like? I didn't know what even to expect. I just knew I wanted to join a team, but I didn't know how great it would be because my leasing was always me on my own. I did have mentors, quote unquote, but it was more so, oh, Andres, this is your quota. That's pretty much it. So it was like, dude, just go do your thing. And I had to learn the hard way. I made mistakes when I was leasing. 
um oh my gosh i'm remembering right now and the apartments i took people to i'm like wow and the parents would show up as well i was 19 years old i would get so nervous and i mean it's all a testament to just keep going and once i joined their team the leasing helped me a lot but i had only done one sale so i had to learn from my my mistakes as well yeah. because i've done I, i've done some mistakes i've and then i've paid for it on, out of my own pocket but i've learned a lot from all of that yeah and so, I mean, obviously you've grown because not only have you grown enough to do all these sales, but you've grown enough to feel comfortable on camera shooting, you know, four hours of video a week. Like what was that process like to become comfortable on camera? It was really getting out of the mindset that, oh, I'm going to get nervous if I get on camera and more so getting the mindset of if I don't get on camera, the people that I can change lives will not have their lives changed because I'm too nervous. So it was more so what's a bigger why? Me getting on camera and educating people because I know I can change lives and I have done it or me out of my nervousness. So I owed it to the people that I can change their lives to be on camera. And that's what really got me out of my comfort zone. I was like, damn, I hate it. But I know I have a larger purpose in life. And I started doing it and I started becoming more comfortable. Like with anything, think back to a time when you've, you've been nervous about doing something like maybe public speaking. You do it one time so nervous. You do another, you do, you do it a hundred times. Now you feel great. And maybe your excitement, your nervousness turns into excitement. So it's a different perception. That's what got me out of my comfort zone with, with the video creation. I knew I had a bigger purpose. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Amazing. And it's great how purpose can take you out of that thing. And then eventually like you rewire, your brain rewires and all of a sudden it's sending positive chemicals and you're feeling great about the thing that you used to feel terrible about. So you were leasing and then you got into sales, but it sounds like, I mean, you told me pre-show, like you did some cold call training. Um, so tell me like, like how did you develop your scripts? How did you develop into a, a sales trainer? Well, the, well, the scripts on this end, the cold calling started very few months ago. So it hasn't been like mm. crazy, crazy going. But it's something that definitely gets me uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm going to tell you the truth. I do not like cold calling, but I know that it's important to grow and to be able to better objection handle. And the scripts I've learned are from Jackie Kravitz. I joined yeah. her mastermind and her scripts are great for, for sale by owners. So that's what I target. And then with the team, 
we have our script practice in the mornings then we cold call on zoom we see each other we mute each other but we see each other for that accountability love it so you have a, a great sphere process you've got a great video process and now you're doing calls like that has to be one of the most challenging elements of your business generation yeah <laughs> I don't like it, but yes, I know it's so important. And I honestly, I, today I was dreading it. I was like, oh. but I knew it's, it's for the best, for the better version of myself. As corny as it sounds, it's true. It's, I know that I need to get uncomfortable. So I was like, you know what? I'll do it. And I did it. And I feel great right after, you know? And you see more value in that than doing twice as many videos. Not necessarily, but I also want to kind of have a balance. And with videos, I'm somewhat more comfortable with that. So I always want to mm -hmm. do things that challenge me. Although sometimes it's more so quality over quantity. And I do agree with that. So some people might stick to video and that works and it's worked for me a ton. But with cold calling, I know that it's something that can help as well in terms of getting listings and also just getting uncomfortable. Incredible. Well, I mean, and you're, I think, perfect example of what it's like to practice a strong mindset. Right. I mean, if you're consistently throwing yourself in the fire, then the one thing that you, you get really comfortable with change, you get really comfortable with adapting and your mindset gets rock solid. Like, ha have you like been able to internalize and do you feel like a stronger person now after calling for sell by owners? Yeah. I mean, every day it just feels better and better and I feel more confident in my skills, but it's like, sometimes you might not feel great or anything, but you got to keep going and you got to develop that discipline. But I, yeah, no, I definitely feel better after the calls and just day by day, it gets better and better. <laughs> right on, man. So what is like your vision of the future? Like, I mean, obviously you've went from 19 and in college, shaking in your boots, doing leasing to, you know, being a big part of this $98 million a year machine. Like, I mean, the trajectory is nuts. Like, but what do you, what do you think like long-term range? What What's in your in your view? Well, for me, the long term, this last year, I sold 37 homes that amounted to about 19 to 18 million in volume. And this year, I want to do 40, 40 homes. And I want to do about 25 million in volume. I know I can do more. But the reason I'm saying 40 or more families helped is because I also have other goals. So my big goal is to speak more to college students and professional athletes, which I've already done before on the college side of things. But I really want to be that educator about wealth creation and just helping people realize that in college it's possible. You know, it's mindset and also just taking action because a lot of us have those limiting beliefs that it's not possible, but it's about educating and then also just taking action. That's, that's like those two are some of my really big goals that I know I'm going to accomplish the real estate side of things and then the public speaking side of things as well. Is the is the appeal to speak to the college students to go back and serve the you that you were in college? I feel like that's, yeah, that's definitely part of it. But also it's so, it, it's so exciting whenever someone that I helped in real estate just is like, wow, you like changed my life. And that, that feels so good to hear that. And I want more people to be able to, to feel the same way, you know? Because I, I mean, if I wouldn't have learned it from like Diego or Victor, dude, my life would be way different. And I'm just so grateful for people that have done that for me that I, I owe it to the other people that don't know about it. 
Yeah. And I mean, you get to study uh, and partner with, I mean, Diego's prolific with speaking and throwing events. Yeah. He's a legend. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And so what would you say outside bird's eye view, the benefits for him have been of, of developing that skill and, and taking advantage of it? For public speaking? Public speaking, yeah. Yeah, well, for public speaking, it's really how well can you express yourself? How well can you solve a problem solve? And also, how can you tell a story to the point where it'll get people to relate? Because with a better story and also with better questions, you have better results. The better the question you can ask, the better results you'll get. That's a fact. So you develop the questions by being able to really listen, give feedback. And that all goes in through the public speaking side of things. So if you're public speaking, you need to ask questions like, oh, well, who am I talking to? What's the crowd like? What do they want to hear about? You kind of gauge the audience as well. You know, you want to see if they're getting your message or not. You want to ask them what type of audience because you want to see how relatable you can make this story. You want to make it universally relatable to them so that it can relate more on a deeper level and people can really see you as a figure of authority. So public speaking is huge. I mean, being able to talk to clients, explain things, give feedback, your confidence. I know a lot of people hate public speaking and I didn't like it, but I've definitely embraced it more as I've done it more through Toastmasters and through a public speaking coach. Tell me about the public speaking coach. Cause like I'm fascinated about becoming a better speaker as well. So what are the practices, the disciplines that he puts you through? Like, is there certain vocal things? Is it like a certain number of hours practicing your speeches? Well, I do Toastmasters every Tuesday and Toastmasters is a public speaking group, which I recommend everybody join. Now I'm the vice president of membership, which is great. So I talk at every meeting and it's great for just getting your reps in. But with a public speaking coach, really, it's more so tonality, pauses, and then pacing. Those probably are some of the top three things that you can do whenever you're public speaking. Yeah. So whenever you're giving a speech, it's really like the tonality, the pauses. Comedians are incredible public speakers because the they best. know how to hit a joke, hit the line. Yes. How to hit the line, hit the joke and pause their tonality, their pace. It's insane. But comedians are probably the best public speakers because they know how to use all those three. So you're going to become a public speaker. It's obvious what what do you see happens once you're a public speaker well for me i i want to i want to be that go-to person for the wealth creation side and what i think will happen is i'll still be doing real estate it'll be more so i'll have the systems in place to where my team can take care of most of my transaction and then the clients that i really really want to help i'll help them out you know friends of mine professional athletes and whatnot but that, I mean, that's a plan. The public speaking gets me really excited. And it's one thing that, I mean, speaking to, believe speaking to 40 people, I'm fine with that 50 fine. But when it gets to the hundred, that that's like, oh, wow. So that's what I want to do to also get it out of my comfort zone and then just start educating the masses. Absolutely. So we're talking about wealth building here. What is your vision and your current situation look like? Are you buying investment properties? I mean, you have access to Victor and Diego. They're doing some pretty crazy stuff. What does your personal journey look like on the investing side? 
Yeah, so I have three new builds right now, and those are giving me about, I would say, eighteen hundred dollars a month in cash flow. So they pay for my car, they pay for, I mean, a, almost all of my house that I'm living in right now. So I'm practically not paying any rent. They pay for a lot of my things, and it's been great because I mean the equity that I've built through the houses is actually 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 insane. So my wealth creation started with first house I bought, lived in one unit, one room, rented out the others. Then that's making me $1,000 in cash flow. Like I said, I did pull a home equity line of credit on that house. And with that home equity line of credit, for people that don't know what a HELOC is, it's whenever you pull eighty around 80% of the equity that you have in the house. So my equity was, I owe 200,000. My house is worth 450. The equity is 250. And what I was able to pull was about 150K. And with that, I lend money to my friends. So I'm a hard money lender through the HELOC. And I only get charged on what I use with my HELOC. So it's pretty insane. It's another way to cash flow through real estate because that's my first house. My second house is worth two times more than what I bought it for. My third house that I'm living in right now is worth way more than what I bought it for. It's just a testament to that appreciation. With single family, I'm done though. So now... I'm looking for storage or retail. I haven't been looking like crazy actively, but that's the next plan, getting a storage deal down or a retail deal. So when you're lending to people that you know, are you lending their the EMDs? Are you lending full amounts for the flips? For flips. Full amounts for flips. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Renos as well. Yeah, I mean, it's more so I would say around the, I lend like 50K to 120K. Which is just so crazy. I mean, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 27. You're 27 years old. You got three properties. <laughs> you got a lot of your basic expenses covered. And you are the hard money lender. Like, <laughs> could you have ever pictured at 19 years old that you'd be sitting in the position you are now? No, honestly, no. I didn't even know what to expect. I was just like, I'm going to take it day by day. Not, I mean, college, wow, college was so different. <laughs> Yeah, it was so different from call. I was always like disciplined. If I wanted something, I would get it. Like I worked yeah. very hard, but I didn't really know about mindset or financial freedom. No, nothing whatsoever about that. So what would you say? Like you're obviously on the path for a tremendous amount of wealth, for a tremendous amount of financial freedom. I mean, like being 27 and being right out is just so crazy. Like what do you see as like, once you hit financial freedom, What's beyond that for you? I mean, beyond that, beyond financial freedom, I one of my plans is buying a house in London because I love, love London. I know I'm going to do that. And I have my favorite soccer teams over there in London, Arsenal FC. And I'm just a massive, like crazy massive fan. I have like 35 jerseys and crazy about Arsenal. So that's the plan. Also being able to take my parents over there building the team larger team as well and i would say once that wealth is built i mean i can just focus on what i really love which is a public speaking side and helping the clients that i'm like super excited to help that's incredible and lastly what is your vision for the next 12 to 18 months the vision for the next 12 to 18 months like we were talking about is i mean on the public speaking side being yeah. someone that is that well-known wealth creator and that gets invited to college 
to colleges and goes and speaks to the masses. And then also on the real estate side of things, I want to be like the go-to agent for athletes. And I mean, anyone that I can really help that, that I would say that within the next 12 to 18 months, the public speaking thing is definitely plausible. The real estate side of things as well. It's more so like just putting that work in, which I know I'm capable of and I know I will do. And it's also just manifesting that because that's so real. Dude, a hundred percent. Andres, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing about your life and your business, for showing us how you could be an 18, 19 year old college kid. Eight years later, you're rolling in some cash flow, you're hard money lending. You got big visions of the future. So guys, if you're out there listening, write down something you learned from today's episode, share it with somebody you know, especially if they're in college, uh, because that is a great time to start absorbing this. And freedom's acquired one action at a time. And, and so you take steps day by day. Before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 